just so many things have been like happening in the last two months of my life that it's just made me think about everything as a whole and like, whoa, like I need to like pump the brakes a little bit. All right, welcome to another Iron Paul's podcast. Today we have the one and only Jordan Wrigley back on for another episode. A lot's changed. Oh my God. Since, yes, since we had you on the first time. Uh, you were one of our very first uh, guest speakers. So this is, you're, you're the first to Pete. So, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's an honor. I love that. <laughs> the, I, love, I love being on podcasts. The first to repeat, man. So... This, you know, you're going to have the floor a lot this uh, episode. I've so. been wanting to talk my head off for like the last two months now. So what a perfect time to do that. What a, what a perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, with that said, like wherever you want to start, when take us through. was the last time I was on this show? We did this. It was before the first launch. No, it wasn't. Yeah. So it was we, over the summer, right? No, it was before that. It was a long time ago. I wasn't here when we did it. Right. How it was? I think it was last uh, fall. You're no. You know what? I think it was between February and March. Oh man, we're all off. <laughs> but it's been a while, to say yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah, a lot has changed, for sure. Are you looking up the? Yeah, I'm trying to find it, but we can get into things. So no, I'm, I'm curious as to when when we started this. Well, if we go all the way back. It was after Devonte and Chase because you we filmed it and then March 29th is when it was released. Oh, it was so it was before that. It was in February. Yeah, that's so we filmed in February, and here we are in September, the end of September. So, all right, brother, you have the floor. Um, what? So February to September—that's seven months. Yeah, a half, a little over half a year of nonstop traveling. Which I got what I wanted, which is what I was telling everyone. Like, I want to travel and film. I got what I wanted and it kind of, I wouldn't say it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but it like made me realize that there's a lot that goes into this. And it's not just like, oh, get someone to, you know, to talk with someone about like paying you for a video, flying to the location, shoot, edit, you know, fly back and post it. There's so much more on the business side that I had no idea about that I needed so much help with. And, um, I got that help and it was just like a big realization of, whoa, like this is a bigger beast and I want to tackle it and I want to get really good at it and I want to be the best at it. But man, it takes a lot longer than six months of traveling to all these different States to get good at it. Especially if you've never done it before, if you don't have a degree in business or whatever, so I just like, I just been thinking a lot about how I can improve on it and how I can get better at it and reflecting on the last six months of what went right, what didn't go right and how I can make what didn't go right, go right in the future. So, yeah, there's going to be times like that, right? It's a lot of reflecting because like all the times, whether it's like failures or not, like it's a learning experience. It, every single moment is a big learning experience. So, right. Yeah. I just was shocked. I wasn't shocked, but I was like, oh, wow, like there really is a lot that goes into this um, more than just what Instagram tells you or what YouTube tells you. And, you know, I'll be the first to say, like, there, like I said, there's a lot that I didn't think I there was a lot that I didn't know I should have known before I started this. But I'm glad it all happened. Like, what are some examples? Because I guess 
not being a videographer, photographer, in my mind, I'm like, you know, kind of what you're doing beforehand, you'd reach out to someone, they'd say, yeah, come do this. And then you'd do it and then you'd give it to them and they'd pay you. What, what else went into it that you weren't really anticipating or expecting? There's a lot of like business, like financial things that, um, I don't know. I wouldn't say like I didn't handle it well, but like I could have handled it a lot better and it's all like me. It's all my own, um, choices that I made when I was, you know, reaching out to clients and stuff. So, um, it's just about being better on both on the business side as well as the creative side. Cause you could be the best videographer, photographer in the world. But if you don't know how to run that business, then it's not going to pay out very well. You're not going to see a whole lot of benefits financially the way that, you know, most people who pick up a camera and get good at it, they're like, Oh, I can profit off this. But if you don't know how to profit, then that's when it's like, not, um, it's not an easy, it's not an easy task. So yeah, it's very easy to spend money, right? It's so easy to spend as, money. as you see, like with people that like win the lottery or ex, uh, like professional sports players, you know, once they get out, some of them just all lose it all. Yeah. Cause they don't know like what to do with it. Right. There's so many professional sports players that like, they want that first check that they, that they sign on to. And they're like, I don't need to play the sport anymore. Like I, I couldn't care less. <laughs> it's it's not that like it's they're buying houses cars oh my god Ridiculous. next thing you know like there's an injury and they're out of whatever league they're in right you get one year salary which granted could be a lot of money for somebody but that one year salary isn't gonna last you you know yeah. 60 years of the next chapter of your depends life depends on what lifestyle you're living it does and if you want to live a good life i don't know what classifies as a good lifestyle in like everyone's eyes but right so but so where so i guess from february till now like what have how many places have you like traveled to do you know i think 13 states 13 states yeah and a lot of them have been like music videos the majority of them um i'd say like half music videos half everything else so i've done everything from like um a video game esports team i did their uh, like hype videos for them and, and like team photos for them, which turned out super cool. I've done recaps of events where like I got to go on stage, you know, quote unquote stage. Cause it, it was, uh, not what you think, you know, it's not what a like, traditional stage, what people would think of, but I got to go on and, um, be the videographer and film, you know, like 300 people in a crowd where they were all staring at me while I was video taping <laughs> the, dude, the dude performing or whatever. Um, what else have I done? I mean, I've traveled to, a state just to like set up a camera, a tripod situation and film an interview before and just press record and press stop record. Um, those are the best ones. It really is. Right. But those are the most nerve wracking because you're like, something's going wrong, but I can't feel what's going wrong. Well, like, yeah, something's got to go wrong. But yeah, it's music videos for sure have been um, a lot of how I've been able to like get repeat customers and such. So. So for now, you're taking a little bit of a break, right? You're kind of doing your own thing. Yeah, it's like... Um, step back, look at reality. Take a step back, um, finish all the projects that I that I signed on to, and just kind of figure out like where, what I've accomplished so far, like the good, and then what I need to work on. Because there's always stuff to work on. And so I've, I'm thankful that I've like caught myself before I start getting like too cocky or whatever like oh I, I can do no wrong i can never make a bad video because that's definitely not the case so i've definitely um been really patient with the last like two months of of this year um just like like you said taking a step back and thinking about everything and figuring out the best way to go forward because i'm like by no means ever gonna stop doing this but i would love 
the idea of always figuring out a way to improve going forward. So. Yeah. There's always ways to improve. Kyle and I are finding that out too. Every single day we're finding out. Actually, this morning we were finding it out. <laughs> Again, you know, like there's always things you can improve on. Like you don't always have the answer to everything, right? Yeah. And like all of these little failure blocks or all of these little learning blocks, they are helping build that stairway to success, yeah. right? And it's something that you might not see now, but, you know, it could play effect like, you know, two years down the road, three years down the road, four years, so on and so forth, right? But to your point is like you have, which I guess is like 90% of the battle is figuring out what is actually like wrong with the situation, right? So like yeah. you identified like the issue, yeah. which is a huge part of the battle. Yeah. And, you know, from there, you know, like how it needs to be fixed and you're going to continue to learn on like more ways to become efficient, how to like better allocate your money. Efficiency is like the keyword amongst keywords of all of this. It's just like, how do I stay efficient creatively, excuse me, and like financially right. and figuring that out and nailing it like this early on is like so crucial to, to, to every year going forward, every day, every month. So yeah, efficiency plays a super big role. Yeah. Trust me, when Kyle and I started, we, I mean, we were always pretty efficient, but, you know, we're getting better now, right, as we go. And it's going to be the same thing with you. Like, yeah. you have now put yourself in a great position because you have the experience, right? So, like, you, and I, I see you on Twitter all the time. Like, it pops up. Like, you, you'll be the only like or, like, the only comment on all these people looking for videographers or photographers. Oh, secret, so it's like, yeah. That's it's everybody. I see it. So, like, I know you're putting in, like, all the work uh, and everything. So, you know, that has led to, I'm sure, a lot of opportunities for you. But, you know, mm-hmm. you're creating them. Yeah, right, which is a, it's a huge step in the game. So like if you're, you're creating them now, right. If you figure out like how to scale, you know, and like better spend the money a little bit, yeah. um, you know, you'll be able to basically like the sky's the limit. Right? I, Do what I, you want. I think that like one of my biggest problems was I, I wanted to be full-time filmmaker too quick, too fast. And yeah. I like went in over my head on, Oh shit. I still, you know, I still need to work a day job. I still need to figure out how to make, um, more income i can't just rely on the projects the two or three projects i was doing a month to supplement like all my bills all my travel not not to mention like food and stuff and the other like you know leisure stuff um so yeah i definitely just jumped the gun in my opinion on like oh shit like i'm making money well this looks like i don't need a day job anymore and that's so not the case Yeah. You know, that's a big thing for people that are entrepreneurs, for people that have small businesses or side hustles. What they want to do is jump ship, right? Yeah. Because they're, it, they do it because they they're the passionate high. about it. They get the high. They, you, you have the high. And with that said, like, look at your budget, right? Like, look at your personal budget. Like, I would take at least the last three months to see what you're actually spending on, like gasoline, miscellaneous items, you know, food, yeah. rent, like whatever the necessities are, utilities, right? So like, you obviously create a backlog of what you like or create uh, like go back in time for what you have already like spent so that you can then further project forward. And, you know, a good rule of thumb is, you know, six months, you're supposed to have like six months saved up, you know, for if, if if shit hit the fan and you have absolutely no cash flow, no income whatsoever, you'd be able to survive for six months. Yeah. That's the goal. But to your point, like with people in this position, like people that are like, they have the high, they are more passionate, they're more driven, they're more motivated than ever. They don't want to wait six months. Like they want to go now. Like, trust me, I'm in the same fucking boat. Kyle's in the same boat. Yeah. We, we've been at this for, I don't know, 20 months now, 22 months. 
now. And, you know, we're like, trust me, we want the same exact thing. But then we both like look at it and it's just, I mean, I was talking to you today about this. It's like, it's, it's hard. It really is. Like, especially we, we know what we want to do and we're, we're, we're one of the few people, you know, I wouldn't say like in our twenties because it's everyone that figured out what they want to do like right now. How old are you? You're 24? Yeah, Kyle and I are both 24. I'm 23, and we're sitting here with a fucking passion in front of us. (laughs) And every bone in our body that wants to do that passion, but we're, like, roadblocked by, like, a pebble in the road of how do I make enough money on the passion to not have to work 40 hours a week. So, yeah. And that's just what it is, right? It's like, it's a small roadblock. So you said it like it's a roadblock, but then you're like, it's a pebble. So like, you know, it signifies that it's a small roadblock, you can but see, it's there. You can see everything in front of you that you want to do for the rest of your life. Right. You can't figure out, I can't figure out how to step over this rock in front of me, which is the, you need to find a way to still have, um, yep. what's the word I'm looking for? Like sustainable income. Right. And, it, and no, like, and Kyle and I just real quick, Kyle and I talk about this all the time is there's no like textbook. This is a great example. There's no textbook on how to do this shit. No, there right. is no textbook. There's no book of any kind on how to be successful and like create your own path and, you know, to follow the entrepreneurial journey. Like even Kyle took entrepreneurial classes in college, but like even those, you know, they didn't necessarily set him up to do any of this. And the same thing with you, like, you know, you probably didn't have any, I didn't have any entrepreneurial classes. I'm sure you probably didn't either. Like you just got to go out and and learn from experience. It's trial and error here. It's, it's, you jump into the pool, not knowing whether or not you can swim. And if you can't swim, you got to figure out how to swim. Right. And this is all no roadmap. Yeah. No one, no one taught us this. You can't really teach this. You just gotta, if you want to do it, you gotta be not afraid to fail a whole bunch in order to, to get that success that you, that you see yourself having. Mm -hmm. It's all risk. Like there's a lot of risk. So you mentioned you learned a lot on the business side of things over the last couple months when you started out reaching out to all these people and you as you said, like you wanted to make that your full-time thing. How did you come up with pricing? And like, did you have instances where you either overcharged someone for something or you undercharged and had to deal with that type of situation? It's, and how did that, how are you going to learn from that in the future moving forward? That was the most interesting part is like, how do I determine what I'm worth? And mm-hmm. how do I determine like when someone looks at my portfolio and they're like, oh my God, like you're one of the best videographers I've seen. I give them a price and they're like, okay, I can't pay that or something. And it's like, well, fuck, am I overcharging? And then you get someone who you get the same exact price and they're like, that's it? Like, you can't, like, you're yeah. sure you're professional? And I'm like, well, whoa, like, <laughs> whoa. And I don't, I don't know how to handle that yet. And um, it's, I, I honestly have just kind of been sticking to one price, whether it's high or low to me. And I consider that to be like what I'm worth. And again, if someone says, whether someone says, wow, that's like 20% of what I'm willing to pay. Or if someone says, all right, like that pretty much caps out my budget. I'm like indefinitely like, okay with that price just because I know it'll get me the client and it'll get me the project. It'll get me the portfolio edition. So, um, pricing is like so tedious and such a, a difficult thing to, to understand because like you can't, you, no one, like, I don't really know how to determine the, like my worth of my, of my art. And it's hard. 
no matter what industry you're in to yeah. determine what you think that your worth is. It's like, how much value do, do you provide to these people? Yeah. Right. And like, there's no right or wrong answer. There's, you know, like there can be a potential ceiling and obviously like there's a floor for what you could charge. The floor is zero. Right. Right. Free stuff. Right. Exactly. But the ceiling can be as high as you want to go. And there are people that the question that you really need to ask yourself and, and, and ask them, too, is how serious are you about this? Right. Because if they have a vision and you're bringing that vision to life, then they'll be willing to pay for it. Yeah. And like I just I try to understand everyone's situation and like. Oh, you're good, dude. Like with this, you know, make sure that they're like a five star client because there are people that like I work with on like the fitness side and there are people that you work with, I'm sure, on the filming side that to your point is like, uh, I don't know, like, I, I, you know, the, whether it's the price, whether it's an excuse, it's an excuse. They want something to blame it on for them, like not going all in, because if yeah. they're going all in, dude, like they will for sure go all in and they'll pay for it because they know that you're, they're going to see results. They're going to see really good results. Whether you reach out to them or they reach out to you, especially if they reach out to you, then you go higher. Yeah. And like I, every project I do, no matter how much ends up being charged, I always try to like give them a 110% like every, like every bone in my body type of effort. And um, I feel like I've done that for for every single project. Like what, it doesn't matter how big or how small, how, um, like whatever the lengths are, like I always will put in like my all and effort and that way, no matter what they spend, they feel like they got their money's worth. And like, I, like I said, I always try to understand every client's budget and try to work with them. A, because I want to work with them. Right. I want, I want their business. I want to show them that you know, not every person with a camera is a scumbag who just wants to take money and not show their art because I do have a really, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at it and I want to make sure that I'm not like screwing everyone over. And so I feel like I've accomplished that with, with every client, no matter what the price is. And, right. um, it does, it is weird when like I give somebody, I give someone a price and they consider it too high. And then I give someone that else the same price and they consider that too low. And I honestly just stick with it, like no matter what. Like I know what I what I think is outrageous. I try to stay away from that just because right. I know that, like I personally feel like I'm not there yet. I personally feel like I'm not capable of charging a quote unquote outrageous price. Um, it depends, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give my two cents here, like I do on every episode. It's that you know you've been in the game for a while. You have built a really good portfolio for yourself. Yeah, you have clients right that keep coming in. And that you keep finding and, you know, just not to mention like the skills are improving incrementally. Yeah. Right. So because like you're getting better, your stuff's getting better, like you are taking on more clients. Yeah. You should be able to, you know, charge more as they come in. Now that said, you should like do like your due diligence and your research on who it is that is reaching out to you or that you're reaching out to in terms of like, if they have a small following, they probably have a small budget. Right. right. If they're like more of like a bigger following, bigger company, they got a website, they, they, they look more professional, like they're ready to go. They probably have a little bit of a higher budget, especially if they've been in the industry for a while. Yeah. You know, so like there's that side of things, too. Um, you know, like I said before, it's that you're, you're going you're gonna to have people that unfortunately are like, oh, like this is too high. Like this is too low, like whatever. If it's too if they come back and they're like, this is way too much for me, then like you can always ask, like, OK, like what is what's your set budget for this? If they don't even have an answer to that, then like 
Chances just are they're walk. Not yeah, they're not serious about it because you know they have no idea how they're allocating their money. Yeah. But you know, if they have a budget, they're like, "This is what I can do." Then you, in your mind, and what your knowledge is, like you set like in your head, and you tell them, like, "All right, well, this is what you get in that budget," and like it's not going to be one hundred and ten percent of your time because you have other clients that are paying full price. That should be the one hundred and ten percent of your time for the people that you know they don't want to pay for it. Then they get you know what fits in that budget. And then you end up giving the people that want you 110%, you end up giving them like the VIP treatment because they are paying you for all the shit. Like you're, they're getting all the bells and whistles. Yeah. Right. So you got to like play to your clients. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, you could also give everybody that 110% and you have the portfolio. So you could price out your portfolio. If you offer a price and they say no, then you could say, well, these, these are the types of services I offer. And then let them pick like, oh, I want a video that's kind of like this. You could say, okay, that's this price. Yeah. Yeah. That way you're kind of saying, you know, depending on how much editing or how much footage or how much different spots, locations, whatever, wherever I need to fly to, you at least have that priced out and they could say, okay, well, that's what I want, but it's too expensive. Maybe I could do something like this and you have the example to show them. And it's the, like, yeah, this is, you know, what would be in that price range. And that's like getting into the meat and, potato, meat and potatoes of stuff that I wasn't expecting to like need to need to understand uh, back in February, back in March, you know, I was just giving like, oh yeah, like this project, I would price it at this much, like take yeah. it or leave it almost. Like I, I was, I never said that, but like, I didn't realize how deep I could get into the pricing of something, um, until like the last like two months. Yeah. I mean, there can for sure be negotiation with it. Right. I mean, it's, it's a service. Um, but that said, like you come in with your price, be confident in that price because confident is key in this situation. If they say no, then like, don't like, I don't know. This is my opinion, but like, I wouldn't go back and forth like saying, all right, well, I do this, this and this for this price. Like you need to know right away what their budget is because you can tell them that I spend that, you know, I charge eight, seven, six hundred dollars for this, but their budget's like two and they're not willing to go over that because then that's just unnecessary back and forth that, you know, and it's time wasted. They, you could be putting on other clients that are willing to go that extra mile. And like one thing I learned is like not to ever ask first question a client like hey what is your budget because they could like whether they have a two hundred dollar budget or a five thousand dollar budget they could be like oh i have a budget of 200 bucks and then they have four thousand eight hundred dollars sitting in the bank that's going to be spent on right. stuff when they were ready to spend that on you if you had told them a price of forty five hundred you know well in those situations you got to stay true <laughs> to like what you like stay true to what you offer yeah right so like you you know what you're worth right now mm-hmm like there, that you got it. You got to stay strong with that price, you know, and like listen to what they have to say. Yeah. But like if the price is justified and if you think like, okay, I guess that's a good question. Like, where do you think you price though, in terms of like potentially like other people? I would say like lower end for higher quality stuff, like below average, just because I, I don't even know, like, I, would, I charge lower, like below average because I want the client and I want their business and not on like, like I'll do anything for the money, but more of like, I, I want to work with everyone that I can because I want the relationship with that person first, uh, some potential spot in the future. Um, and again, I just try to like understand everyone's situation and stuff. So there's definitely videographers who have the same, um, or like maybe they have a little bit more equipment than I do and they're charging three times as much as I do. And they're confident and some, and like they'll turn down anyone who can't come close to that. Yeah. But like for me, I'll charge, I, I, I've been, um, how do I word this? 
like I will like purposely charge a little less just because I want to show them that you want to win the bid. I want to win the bid. Yeah. You know, I don't want them to, I, I know I'm really good. And I know right. I can give them an amazing product project and I don't want them to go to anyone else to get, a, you know, a mediocre project. Right. And so like maybe in my, like my skills to price ratio is a little skewed, it's a little off, but I really just want to show them that I'm serious and that like every artist that comes in contact with me, they have a chance to work with me and see the, the amazing project that I can give them. Yeah, dude. And I'm sure it leads to more like word of mouth for people like recommending you. Yeah. And if you carry yourself in like a professional manner, like, which I'm sure you do. I mean, I see it and Kyle sees it. Like I'm sure that you do it with your other clients and everything. Um, they're hundred percent more than likely to recommend you, especially if it was in like a, an awesome price range. But yeah. to the point is like, you're learning as you go. Right. Exactly. So like you, you weren't going to come out of the gates with the exact perfect numbers to charge people. Right. I got to who knows what those are? Like, I, like my first instance of being asked what I charged, I'm like, I, I was on the phone with my mom. And I'm like, mom, I just got asked how much I charge for a video. <laughs> and she's like, what are you going to tell them? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I have, do I like, it's a hundred dollars enough for a music video. And then, then she's like, oh hell no, I charge a little bit more. And I'm like, I don't want to charge too much because again, like I keep saying, like at the point that I just want to slam across is like, I want to be understanding of everyone's situation and I'm not going to be the dick videographer that like won't even talk to you if you don't have 5k to spend, you know? Right. And like, that's what I always want to avoid because like I'm, I'm, I'm a human being. I, I understand like financial struggles while also wanting to like pursue the passion. So I feel right. like I try to be accommodating, but yeah, the price that I ended up coming up with was right around exactly what the artist um, could afford. And I was like, Oh, cool. And so I kind of stuck with that for every project, every music video after. And then I built up like a 10 video portfolio and I was like getting into like naming myself and figuring out that. And, I, and then I would start getting like, okay, like I just did 10 videos at this price. The next person that I come in contact with, let's, let's up a little bit and uh, again, come out with that confidence of why I charge that much and stuff. And yeah. It, it's again it's worked out it hasn't worked out and what keeps me not like going crazy is that every artist goes through that where someone thinks that your price is too high and someone right. thinks it's too low and someone thinks it's right it's right in their budget and there's no way around it you can't control somebody's budget no matter how big or how small it is and you just got to like understand that there's always going to be somebody who thinks that your art is not worth as much as you think it is. And there's going to be someone who thinks that your art is worth way more. So, yeah, well, your time is valuable, right? Yeah. To what we're, what we're saying, like understanding your worth and there, you're going to get, you're going to come to a point in the road where you're going to be so busy and you're already pretty busy, but like, you're going to be so busy to the point where like somebody coming to you for like a two to $800 bid is just not even going to be worth your time because you're doing like 2000, 2,500, 3000. Oh, there's, there's definitely going to be a point in the future where, my average price per project is like in the thousands. And then like, there's going to be someone who comes up to me and like, Hey, like I have 400 bucks and I need a, a music video. And I'm like, okay, like I'll entertain it. And then they'll be like, um, but I, I can't spend any more money on travel, but I live across the country. And it's like, it's going to be those moments where I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Because like I said, I just, I want to include everyone in what I'm capable of doing. And it would just break my heart if I had to like turn down a very passionate person about what they're doing just because of the fact that they couldn't afford me. And 
that that's what like tears me apart. Right. And what's going to, what's going to be really interesting and in how I deal with it in the future. So, yeah, I mean, you know, in, in times like that too, it's kind of what you said before. It's like, well, what could the future hold? Like what's yeah. their character like? Like how, you know, what are their mannerisms? Like how do they handle themselves? How do they talk? How, like what is their business that they're, you know, working yeah. on? Right. It's like, all right, could this potentially, could this L now that I'm about to take, produce four wins in the future with this same person and it's all and it's all like you know one can predict that you know and yeah. there have been um i can't come up with anything off the top of my head but like i know that there's been in the past projects where like i was a little hesitant on doing at first and maybe wasn't really into it up until filming i filmed it and it turned out being one of my greatest projects and so i'm sure there's that, that like you like you said there's gonna be a time where you know do i take a 400 project when i know i'm worth a little bit more than that and is it like where what's the outcome going to be am i going to end up wasting my time or is it going to build into maybe they have some a referral who has a little bit bigger budget and they just wanted to see my work for them first and then next thing you know that 400 dollars project turned into me working with their friends for again the thousand dollars that i claim to to be worth so hopefully any client i have like is understanding of that in the future and so and stuff so um I think they will be because like you're running a business. This is your business. Yeah. You know, so like they just like they're trying to run a business too. This is your business, right? So it's like you have to, you know, take a look at that as well. Like we were talking about and, you know, like I said, be confident in yourself, be confident in what you offer, be confident in what you can do. And yeah, if, you know, if it leads to something great, if not, then, you know, next. Yeah. You, unfortunately, like that's just the name of the game. Cause like you said, man, it's, Businesses are there one day and then they're gone the next. So you know, you never know what's going to happen in two, three, four years for the next projects. You never know. Like, I don't even know what's going to happen in a month from now in terms <laughs> of, of, you know, business wise and project wise and what I'm, where my head's going to be at. Like I have right now, I don't have any projects planned at all in the future that could change tonight, tomorrow, next week. But um, yeah, it's just a matter of figuring out like what I want to do next and how I want to do that do i want to take some time and film for myself a little bit where i don't have to report to a client and get their approval on a video which is something that i haven't done in like almost a year um or do i continue and build out more clients and build a portfolio and travel a little bit and yeah i'm just kind of like in a weird spot where i fulfilled exactly like i said i fulfilled exactly what i said i was going to do this year again you know i'm like oh i'm going to be a traveling videographer with my little camera and drone and backpack <laughs> and i'm going to be in a new state every other week and i kind of got exactly that you know and um there were there were some realizations there were some happy moments there were some like oh shit moments like it's, just, it's crazy, dude. Because yeah. like you, so to go back to the payments real quick. So you do 50 pre-production, 50 post-production, right? Once you have it done. Somewhere around there, yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? It's yeah. like, they because I'm sure like they, the client doesn't want to pay like upfront 100%, right? Until they see some of the action, some of yeah. the work, um, you know, and it just helps like them, you know, make sure that they're seeing and some plus progress. it's like a little bit of like, it eases them a little bit when they right. know that they don't have to pay in full what we agreed on until I give them the whole finished final project. Because mm. I know a lot of people, they'll be like, yeah, you need to give me all, if they charge 1500 like I need to see 1500 in my hand before I even press record. And like, that's scary for a client, especially yeah, if you don't they, know what you're gonna get. If they've, they've never worked with you before, like that is terrifying to like click 
the send on Venmo <laughs> or Cash App or like pull out 1500 from the bank all before the project even is started. So I try to like make sure that I'm on their side too. Like, yeah, you give me half a front. I will make sure I come with a full game plan. You know, everything's going to be ready to go. You'll have a hundred percent of my like attention and creativity, like by default, because obviously I'm working with them, I'm working for them. And then you get to wait while I finish the project and sit with the rest of that money. And I know I'm true to my words. So I'm obviously not going to screw that. Right. Over. And then they get to to see a finished project of exactly what their vision was. And then, you know, obviously per their approval, because there's a lot of times where they're like, oh, can we change this, this, this? And which is totally normal because everyone has an like their perfect idea of what their project needs to be. Right. And um, then once I make sure, you know, are you sure there's nothing else that needs to be changed? And then I was like, all right, like, usually they're like, okay, here's the final product payment. Like, I don't even have to remind them. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kyle and I could sit here and say that we don't know how that feels like, but we know exactly how it feels. I mean, we work 50 uh, pre-50 posts, and we're sending a hell of a lot more than 1500 to, to overseas. Yeah. You know, so it's like we sit here and, you know, we, we're working with manufa- <laughs> right with manufacturers that, like, we have never met the people. We probably will never meet the people, you know, and, it, I mean, is it uh, – scary situation. I mean, it can be for sure. Um, but they got to have faith in you. And I think that for you cementing the legalities and the contract, you know, incorporation, like that has helped cement you even more as being a professional. Yeah. Like I just try to make sure that I come off as professional as possible because of the fact that I'm coming at them through fucking social media, you know, like not every day you get a professional videographer through Twitter that found you off of a keyword. Although, you know, I, what I will say to that is, is nine out of 10 times, maybe even 10 out of 10 is they're looking for one on social media. Yeah. So why would they be looking for one on social media and then be surprised when one shows up? You'd be surprised. Like, man, I, uh, no, I don't know. Like I didn't think this would ever happen, you know? And <laughs> I guess wasting time, man. Yeah. It's, it's pretty hilarious. Um, they're like, man, you're, you're handling this like super professionally. And I'm like, well, duh, like I came at you yeah, wanting you to pay me for a project that you mentioned. So of course I'm going to like be as professional as possible. And that was from the get, you know, and making sure like I'm talking to them like, right. like a real person. I'm not, you know, I'm not using like slang terms or whatever. So yeah, it's, um, building that rapport and like getting them comfortable with you and being again, a human being. And like understanding of, of real life events that may happen that may negatively impact the shoe or mm-hmm. positively impact it. Like just being understanding of everything and just holding that professionalism gets them so comfortable with you to the point where they are like whatever money that you that you ask, they're willing to pay and they're willing to accommodate for anything. And it's just it just builds that relationship really easy when everyone's professional on both sides. I think like with that one of the next steps would be to get a website, right? Yeah. Start, start building those testimonials. Like you have these people that are saying those things, showcase that shit. Yeah. Showcase it, you know, and you can start putting your portfolio like on the website as well. And you know, it, it'll even look more professional. Like here, here's what I do. And then to Kyle's point, like what he was saying before is like, you can have like three set packages of like this, this, and this, but like, obviously like there can be a customization. Like if you look at like software, right. For example, you always see like an enterprise level at the end where it's like, you know, I don't know how many people we have. I don't know what y'all want, 
but contact us and we'll set a price, we'll set a budget. And that could be like a customization package yeah. you have. Otherwise you have like two or three set packages of like, this is what you want. This is what you get. Like, blah, blah, blah. Here's the price and mm-hmm. let's work with it. But I think that you'll get to a point too, where, you know, kind of like you go back and forth at the end, like you build the project and then they come back and they're like, Oh, I don't like this change it, blah, blah, whatever the case is. hundred percent. Like, Right. But I think like where in the future, once you get to this point and you scale a little bit, like you can start with like storyboarding. And then once you make the project, like the project's done, because I kind of relate it to what Kyle and I do. Like we go through sketches, then we go through renders, and then we go through tech packs before we get to the final item. Right. So like there are setup stages to get to that final item. Once you get the bulk production, a.k.a. like your final video, like you've gone through all the checks, checks, checks. Like this is what you wanted. This is what you asked for. So then that saves you time to like keep moving on to bigger yeah. and better projects. It'll get to a point where if I send you a final, there's a great chance that you're not going to need any more changes because I'm being not. Right. If I'm calling it a final, that means it hit everything you needed it to hit and Bob's your uncle done we're good yeah so. yeah dude and it's not like it's like a margin of error type thing like yeah. they come back and they're like I don't like this well you know it happens one out of every 10 times whatever the case is right but it's it's like it just cements like all right like once you like finish your product like oh shit like it's knocking socks off like this is what you wanted yeah. we talked about it like we you know discussed it I showed you some previews and here we are yeah and like that's that's the goal is to get to that point because I've, I've had times where I'm on final number 10 of, of a project and they're like, okay, one more thing. And like I said, I will happily be on final 27 if it means making sure that the project is perfect and I'll do it without blinking, you know, without batting an eye. Cause I'm not, yeah. I'm not gonna sit there and be upset that you're having me change something when I had fucking $400 of your money sitting in my right. bank account. You know, I'm I not- think like, yes. So for customization projects, like it, when you get your website set up, like you can work it like that. But then for like your packages, there should be, in my opinion, like set numbers of revisions. So people know like that way, because you you want to take on clients, right? So like you don't want to be pissing around with clients that are just like, you're on revision 30, but they paid for like your middle tier. And you're like, you're waiting on like two people that want to do custom packages, right? But you're still dealing with this joker because he can't figure out what he wants. Right. So like, and um, like, yeah cut that part but yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on continue no i was just saying like there there comes a point in time where you like it, it's an opportunity cost right you got to weigh like what one client wants versus what's waiting there for you once this client's yeah. done it's give and take you know? it is give and take right and it's always there's always going to be something to tweak and there's always going to be something to learn from one project to the next and I, it'll never be perfect like i'll never no matter how amazing i get no matter how big i scale up to it'll never be perfect there's always going to be human factors that play a part in it. And I just try to be as understanding as possible of those and um, do my best to alleviate every situation and move forward, learning something new and taking it to the next situation that that happens. Yeah. So it's just all part of the game. I chose an art as a career. Yes, you did. And you know what happens in arts? Trends and fads, right? So like when you do something, what they like one day, they might not like a month from now. Right. But like you still can't be revising it because they want to change it up. Yeah. You know, so to your point, like you chose an art form like this is art. Right. So it's like what is relevant like right now, what their taste is right now, what they like right now can easily change come like two months down the road. Yeah. But to your point, it's like I, you can't go back and keep, you know, you, you know. it. So I just try to make sure that every project is perfect. Right. And I've never once been in a situation where I'm like, oh, 
dude's on edit 27 come on talk to <laughs> i gotta move on like just be, like i said i'm i'm super friendly and i will always make sure that every project is 100 percent with a with a big fast smile on my face every single time and that's what i love about this is no matter how many revisions i have to do especially like in the past where i haven't been so um maybe like well formed is like i love the going from man like this may there's a lot of stuff i want to change to holy shit this is the best video i've ever seen and like it's all thanks to you and i'm like yeah i don't care how many edits it takes to get there <laughs> but i just want to get that, that smile on their face um good to go but eventually in the future it'll come a time where i'm just like that good where like i'll send you a draft you, you give me your changes i send you draft two you give me your changes and then by the fourth or by the third draft or aka the final they're like yeah you nailed it like you're i want to be that good to where like i like predict their their changes or i just nail every single head on or every single like on the list yeah and, uh, and get it done so that's the goal for the future i think it's a good 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 goal to have good right to have. yeah i mean you you're genuine right with them and you're transparent like yeah you the two words yeah two words and you make sure that you know they're satisfied they're happy because to your point like you are providing this service yeah right who would i be if like like i just said they give me money and i'm sitting there complaining that they want all these changes for it to be perfect like again it's okay that it's happening right now because i'm learning so much still and I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that they feel like they've got their money's worth. And it'll be amazing in the future when yep. they don't have to, when I'm like, all right. So I, I put in my work, here's a final. And they're like, yeah, it's good. You know? Especially like at this stage in the game you're in, because organic reach through word of mouth is going to do a hell of a lot more for you than any form of paid advertisement. Yep. And hell, it does a lot more for Kyle and I and for all, like a lot of small businesses out there. Granted, I mean, you have TikTok and all that fun stuff where you could blow up overnight. But like right now, we're all three of us are in a position where like the professionalism, the quality of the items and products and services is leading to that greater organic reach of people just talking. Yeah, like we gotta put in our we gotta put in every ounce of effort now. Like there's no time to like be taking shortcuts or be, to be skimping out on on the details, especially when like you said we're we're waiting to blow up. We're not there yet, so. Yeah. we're not even like waiting really i mean we're going out and getting it we're just like kind of hoping but <laughs> but i mean the thing the thing with the three of us is like we're all in the same boat like obviously kyle and i with the apparel and, and you with your filming and the videography and the photography but it's so relatable because like what you talk about kyle and i can relate to and what we talk about like you can obviously relate yeah. to and it's just like it's just back and forth it's two separate industries like coming together as one but that's just that's the that's the best part about entrepreneurship is like it's so similar across the board, no matter if it's an art or a business or apparel or it's, whatever. Yeah. The fact that three guys sitting here have discovered their passion and what they want to do for the rest of their life at the ripe young age of their early 20s. And it's like, okay, now what? Like, we just got to fucking hit the ground running and figure it out as we go and not like beat ourselves up too much. It's time to make mistakes. This is it's, the absolute it's crazy, time dude. to make mistakes. I came back from the office today and I just laid there. Like Kyle was working and I just laid there for like 10 minutes of like this, like just a long fucking day. I mean, you go to the airport, Kyle is Nestle and I'm still chipping away in my gray ass cube <sighs> at, at Lockheed. But like we, we know to your point is like, we know where we want to go. And, and to what I'm getting at is like, even though there are long days like working, the actual jobs like 
what we're doing right now, like we're sitting here right with a podcast, lights blasting, like in the studio. Hell, last September around this time is when we first fucking met. Yeah. It's crazy. Was it mid-September we met? Like last, we met in July and didn't actually start doing stuff until September, but that's because right. we didn't get any of the products in until then. But <laughs> it's like, I, I go through Lightroom just to see, I always try to see what photos I can delete, like the the stupid ones that I took on my phone that got uploaded somehow, like, oh, I can get that shit out <laughs> And I always go back to the first photo shoot we ever did in downtown Denver on a, like, crisp Saturday morning of, of, uh... We were, yeah, we were right downtown, dude. Yeah. Like, those, the shorts, our hoodie at the time was gray, and they had, sure. they did the branding <laughs> wrong on the pockets, it was outside, and yeah, and the shirt. I mean, that was man, that was a long time ago. It's it's crazy how like where we're at right now. I mean, but like my favorite part is everything we've like. Consider how much you've learned in the last twelve months. A lot, right? Consider how much you didn't know twelve months from now, and then like go back another year. Like there's right there's um if we apply what we learned in the last twelve months, like just one year of our lives for the next six years and we'll still be in our 20s like that's that's crazy to think about like we have learned exponentially so much more in the last year and a half two years of our lives that we can apply to the next six years still be in our 20s but with six more years of the same knowledge that we that we've learned in the past and like that's what blows my mind and every time i start to think about well i'm I'm running out of time i just imagine where i was five years from now i was 17 years old thinking about moving to denver to to try making videos and to try to make that work in the in the last five years i've learned a lot and in the or in the last two years alone i've learned so much and i'm going to apply these two years to the next seven years of my life and that's seven more years of knowledge which i'll still be in my 20s and i will still be and i'll just be like that much more forward you know i'm not going to stop i'm not going to like slow down at any point but i'm going to continue learning right and just apply that to every year going forward and it'll just keep getting exponentially more. Um, like my knowledge will just keep going yeah, up. My bro. skills, yeah. my ability to, to execute what I want out of this passion will just keep going up and it's not going to stop or slow down. So, Yeah, dude. I mean, there are people that are 40 and 50 that are just starting or that have just started when they were 40 yeah, they or 50. The and they're, they're probably going to be like, there are some people that like started a company when they were 50 and no matter how hard we work, there, there's probably somebody out there that's going to have a hell of a lot more money than us. And they started when they were 50. And yeah. we had a 30-year head start. And, like, another thing that I that I wanted to talk about, like, specifically is I started thinking about material things and all the material things that I want and don't have. And I started thinking about, like, in 10 years from now, there's going to be a material thing that's going to come out that everyone's going to want. But then thinking about it right now, like we don't know what that thing is. So we're going to go the next 10 years not giving a rat's ass about whatever that thing is. And no one's going to care about it. So like, why would I care about it 10 years from now? You know? Yeah. Like I think of, I think of cars. Like I, one of the material things that I want is like a nice car. And I, hold on, let me, let me get this thought because I had it so perfect. I kind of related to like shoes. Like when I get a brand new pair of shoes, I'm real careful with them. Yeah. I like put them nicely in like a little spot. Like I make sure I don't get dirt on them. Now my vans have dirt and mud all over them. And how much cool I just did you throw get? them away. Like, 
it's it's a lot of people not to say that you wear those vans to like look cool or anything but yeah. you clearly wanted those vans you got those vans like you got your use out of them and like i i'm trying not to let myself think that material items are going to make me any more cool than i already am or any more popular or any more um you know any more attention is going to be on me and yeah I mean, we kind of talk about material things. Like, I think material things are great when it gives someone the motivation to do something. And we hear it all the time from people that are real successful. They're like, oh, this car is, like, cool, but it doesn't mean anything to me. Like, it might be great to get you to the point to where you can get that car. But then once you get the car, it's like, I have it. Like, we were talking to the one guy who owns the one shop, and he's got a McLaren. And he was like... He's just like, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a fun car. And we're like looking at it, like drooling. Yeah, just like, we're like, that thing looks so sick. Like I want one. And that's his And he's driving. just like, he's just like, yeah, it's fun. You know, like it doesn't really like it. It probably got like, that's the motivation that got him there. But then he's just like, you know, it's, you get it's it. And you're like, now what? And like, that's why everyone says like the journey is everything. The journey to get in the cool car, the journey to having a successful business is more important. And I think what's, and that's what I'm having more fun with right now is the journey of getting to the successful videographer that I see myself as getting is going to be more fun than when I wake up in a fucking million dollar house, like with 2 million in my bank account, all because of film. And like, I wake up and I film and I edit and I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, cool life, you know? (laughs) And, but, but like thinking of that cool life right now is like motivating me like crazy. But when I get to that cool life, that successful life, I'm going to be like, all right, I got here. I'm going to enjoy now what? it. I'm gonna, yeah, it's the now what. Like, I'm going to enjoy it. But there's always going to be something that I like. am looking forward to achieving. And that's, what's, that's what always is going to keep me motivated is there's always going to be more to do. Yeah, there's always going to be more to do. There's always going to be the next best product, like you said, the next yeah. best social media. Like, TikTok's big now, but who knows what, what it's going to be like in five years yeah. or six years or ten years. And, you know, I mean – like look at what Instagram and Facebook and Twitter have all done. I mean, they're, they're all still big and relevant, but they're not clearly as big as what they once were in their Mm -hmm. prime. Right. There's always going to be something that comes and bumps it off. Yeah. And that's just like, that's just the game of life. I guess maybe not like the game of life, but the game of um, digital life. Well, people want to be trendsetters. Yeah. What's going to be the next thing? Like there's a new TikTok trend every week like it used to be every it's like month every day dude there's but like to your point of like the materialistic things is like there people want those things like the new iphone uh, you know they just had the apple just had their whole showcase and shit and yeah. you know and video games are the same way it's like people want like the next best thing because they want to talk to it. but that's how they make content right it's like all right well i got this first i'm going to try to review it i'm going to you know i got a code i'm going to play this game blah blah, blah. like i want to be the first to do it so people come to me because views comments likes yeah. shares all that shit matters to me more than like actually like maybe being happy because maybe they're not like 100 percent happier yeah and i um I, I just like the material thing, the new iPhone that's coming out, that's already, that's already out probably. Um, no one knew the iPhone 13 is going to exist 10 years ago. So like 10 years ago, people were happy with what they had, but now we're, we're we've now progressed 10 years and we have an iPhone 13 and there are people that just want this iPhone 13 with everything in them. Like, oh yeah. fuck, I need to have this new iPhone. For you didn't give a shit like about 1500 it. bucks. You didn't even give a shit about it before it existed 10 years ago. So why do you give a shit about it now? But it's because everyone else has it and we're all trying to be, we're all trying to like stay up with, with what's, with what's new and with, with, with what's hot. So it runs the business world, right? I think like if, if people are truly happy with that, let them be happy. 
Yeah. And the, the reason I say that is because like outside of like this and like nebulous and what I do on the side, like my day job does not make me happy. You know, and if, if people can find like pure happiness and pure joy and whether it's items, whether it's, you know, whatever they do, that's like small, like their side hustle, uh, whatever the case is, then, you know, good for them. If they can sit there and film and vlog and it brings them all the joy in the world, then I feel like that's so rare nowadays. I, I think the overarching, like the thing that trumps everything is if whatever you're doing makes you happy and no one can touch you. And that's working at McDonald's and that's being a billionaire. If you're truly happy, you are untouchable. And not a lot of people I think understand that. And so if you do not give a fuck about what people think, say, talk about you for, and you're happy, then you, you've won. Yeah. It's plain and simple. Like you are winning the game. And it's all based on what you, what makes you happy. Like what do you want to do that makes you happy? And like I said, people, work a people are managers of restaurants or they're cashiers at mcdonald's and they are happy in that moment and therefore no one can tell them shit no billionaire can walk up to them and tell them how to make a billion dollars and make them more happier because they're already said they've already decided that that's what makes them happy well when people get to that point they just try to like belittle you (laughs) (laughs) and be like well look look what i have but yeah it's um just so many things have been like happening in the last two months of my life that it's just made me think about everything as a whole and like whoa like i need to like pump the brakes a little bit slow down reevaluate figure out what to do going forward and then go forward knowing what i know now so so if we stay on this topic of like being like truly happy if are you there if you're not there what do you got to do to get there i'm not there yet i thought I, I thought i was there for like a second in the last eight months um but like there's there's so much more that I want to do and so much more that I want to achieve right. for the happiness and that's financials and that's efficiency. You know, yeah. I, am, I am not as efficient as I would like to be in the video producing world. And I do not have the monetary bank account number right now to be happy to like, to achieve what I consider is being happy. So money's not freedom. Everything. Yeah. That's, that's why I do it. I don't know if that's what you do, but like, the name of the game for us for success is having the financial freedom to do what we want when we want. Yeah. Money doesn't buy happiness, but money, man, I'm not money, money can help buy you more time to do what you want. Yeah. You know, and time, like we've talked about, it's, you know, we, we dread it, but we always want more of it. So, yeah, I, I really want to always learn something from every day in regards to videography. And I always want to be, figuring out what the next best step to do. Like how can I apply what I learned just now to something that I'm going to do in the future? Yeah. And yeah. So you know what you got to do to be happy. So Mr. Kyle, are you truly happy? I'm I'm pretty much there. Like I've always wanted to have a clothing brand for, I don't know, four or five years. Yeah. And I mean, I just never found people that wanted to do that same type of thing. And I just like business. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I fucking love designing the clothes. Like it's kind of surreal to like have an idea of something and go through the design process. And then now we're looking at it here in Denver. So. Yeah. I'll be the last one to go. I mean, you better ask me the question. I mean, I can, I can (laughs) ask (laughs) myself. Are you truly happy? No, but I mean, you both know that, but like, 
it's because of the day job. It's because there's so much shit that needs done outside of like sitting in a cube for 10 hours acting like you care. You know, there's there's more to life than that. But with that said, I'm also changing stuff. Right. So like anybody that's in an unhappy and a shitty situation, it can be changed. It just might take time. It's not like an overnight thing. If you blow up on TikTok or on social media overnight, kudos to you. Mm-hmm. You know, but the reality of it is it takes a lot longer than that. You know, it takes you to prove your worth, to prove your established, like your brand, to prove like, like, why do people want it? Why do people want your service? Why do people want our clothes, right? They want your service because you're fucking good at it. They want our clothes because of the premium quality and the fact that we are the first people to invest back into our actual consumer group via e-transfer, right? So like, it's just, it's crazy where we're going with this. Um, but I think we could all truly be happy here soon. <laughs> It just depends. I think it's coming and it just takes, it's about like how much patience do you have? And yeah. Yeah. Patience, consistency. You got to, you got to be like a little bit of a consistent prick because if people want to follow you, they'll follow you. And if people don't want to follow you, then they won't follow you. Yeah. You know, and and people talk shit. They're going to talk shit tonight. They're going to talk shit tomorrow. They're going to talk shit every day of your life. Because they love what you're doing, but it's just out of spite, out of jealousy, because they never did that. If you don't have people hating on you, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah. When people hate on you, it's because their attention is on you, and they clearly see what you're doing, and they don't... (sighs) Yeah, dude, jealous people judge, man. Yeah. Jealous people judge. Jealous judges. Jealous judges. Good old JJs. Alliteration right there. (laughs) But yeah, with that said, man, thanks for coming on sharing your thoughts and everything and let's let's run back your handles for people to follow you on social media oh and they think they've changed Um, they have changed yeah so the last time i was on this podcast it was like what jd jdn.create that's not that's no longer the case um i've created this weird thing called jabble Um, (laughs) this weird thing that's the name of his company (laughs) how do you spell it uh j-a-b-b-l-e um there's no meaning behind it other than it starts with the letter J and so does my name and it has six letters just like Jordan. So, um, I just Googled six or, uh, letters, uh, six letter words that start with J and that was the first one that popped up. And so that's now my company name. So, <laughs> Love it. Forever a great story. So yeah, Jabble made on Instagram and Jabble underscore on Twitter. And those are like the only two that I'm on, but yeah. Yeah, man. No, thanks for coming on. We hope that everybody found value in this podcast. Uh, Feel free to share with your friends and families. Hopefully everybody out there is happy as well. Truly happy. None of that bullshit, fake shit. Um, Yeah. Give Jordan some love. Follow him. You know, if you need any photography, videography, like he said, he flies around the country. He's more than happy to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to come be a part of your vision and to bring it to life so I'm mobile yeah and you know at the end of the day no matter what you do be all in <laughs>